Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by Organic Tan Lethbridge. Do you guys remember that Friends episode where Ross Geller whitened his teeth? And are you wondering how you can get your chompers as white as his? Well, I don't exactly know how you do that, but I do, however, know that you can get your teeth up to eight shades whiter with Sun of Smile Home Kit from Organic Tan Lethbridge. Watch as your stunning smile becomes instantly brighter from the comfort of your own home. The Advanced Home Whitening Kit provides visible results in just 15 minutes. You guys, Organic Tan Lethbridge does it all. Glowing skin and pearly whites. How can you go wrong? Visit their online store at organictanlethbridge.ca slash shop and use the promo code RollWoman15 to save 15% off of your order. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. On this week's episode, you'll meet Amanda Volson. Amanda grew up on a hobby farm in western Wisconsin and now finds herself in south-central Minnesota, married to a sixth-generation farmer. She and her husband, Eric, keep very busy raising corn, soybeans, small grains, and four children who are the seventh generation of their farming family. Amanda helps in numerous ways on the farm through keeping books, driving the grain cart during harvest, and all of the other numerous jobs that pop up on a busy farm. She has been a registered nurse for 14 years and continues to work as a cardiac nurse on a casual basis at Mayo in Rochester, Minnesota. Amanda is also a volunteer EMT with her rural ambulance service. She has served her community in this capacity for the past five years. In addition to all of the things, Amanda also has a passion for photography and the ability to photograph her family and their wonderful adventures on their farm. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. I recorded it with Amanda back in April, I believe. Um, We chatted a lot about her position as an EMT in a rural setting, which I think is so important. And she gives a lot of great tidbits and information about safety on the farm. So get a pen and paper out, get your note section out on your iPhone because there is some good stuff in here. But before we get to Amanda's interview, we're going to read the review of the week. So this week's review comes from Sassy Mrs. R via Apple Podcasts Canada. Thank you, Canadians. (laughs) This five-star rating and review is titled, In This Together. I love listening to this podcast. I was feeling very isolated being a mom and a first-generation farmer. Not only is Caitlin and her guests very relatable, they inspire and inform. I've learned so much, and I'm also more confident in sharing our own story and connecting with other women in agriculture. We are in this together. Well, heck yes, we are, Sassy Mrs. R. And thank you so much for the five-star rating and review over on Apple. If you guys are loving the Rural Woman podcast, I would encourage you to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the show. This helps uh, with new people to find the show as well as you get to hear your kind words on an upcoming episode of the Rural Woman podcast. So thank you again so much. And if you guys aren't too tired of hearing my voice after this interview, I 
suggest you head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts and search the Egg State of Mind podcast, AG State of Mind podcast, hosted by my friend Jason Meadows. Jason's show, Egg State of Mind, focuses on combating the mental health crisis that is in agriculture. We talk a lot about that on the Rural Woman podcast, and I was so excited to find Jason's show specifically focusing on mental health and agriculture because I think this is a conversation that we need to have over and over again until it seems annoying, but then talk about it one more time because I promise there is at least one person out there that needs to hear this. So head on over to the latest episode of Egg State of Mind with my interview with Jason. We talk all about my mental health journey Uh, my life here on the farm and starting the Rural Woman podcast. We talk a lot about the empowering stories of women in agriculture and the force that women in agriculture are. Jason and I joke a lot that uh, as much as I am grateful and thankful that he allowed me on his podcast, um, he's not allowed to come share his story on my podcast as much as I love him. Um, He's just, he's not allowed on because, you know, the whole man thing. But uh, yeah, (laughs) I really enjoyed sharing my story over on the Egg State of Mind podcast. And you know, if I did let the men's on, Jason, you would be at the top of my list. So go check it out on whatever podcasting platform you listen to the Roll Woman podcast on. The Egg State of Mind podcast is right there. And without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with Amanda. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Good morning, Caitlin. I am doing well this morning. Good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. I'm really excited to share your story. I'm excited too. I've always enjoyed hearing other people's stories, and so to have a chance to tell a little bit of what my story looks like here, I'm excited for that. Yes, for sure. So for my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, give us some information about who you are and where you're from. Sure. So yeah, I live in South Central Minnesota, just near the Iowa border. I married my husband, Eric, about 10 years ago, this next year, and he is a sixth generation farmer. So we work with his parents, my in-laws. We farm together, but separate. We raise corn and soybeans. We're also integrating a third crop rotation as my in the last couple of years my husband has moved towards some more soil health sustaining practices. We also have cattle. We raise four kids ages eight, seven, five, and three. So that keeps life very interesting. We've got some cows, some chickens, raise a big garden. We do maple syrup in the spring. I'm also a registered nurse, volunteer EMT, photographer. Life is very full here in southern Minnesota. That's a lot of hats, Amanda. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talk about sometimes like I need a bigger hat rack and just to try to figure out where to put all hats that I wear. And, you know, they integrate in different ways, differently every day. But life is never boring and there's not grass growing under our feet here. So. That's awesome. So, Amanda, how did you get your start in agriculture? Was it through marriage or did you have some experience before? Yeah, well, I um, grew up on a hobby farm in western Wisconsin is where I was raised. And I have agriculture ties through both sides of my heritage going back. My mom's dad, he actually came from Sweden as a teenager at 16 alone, but he had 
dairy farm. My dad's dad was a seed salesman for many years. My dad worked in agronomy. So we yeah, grew up on a hobby farm. I'm one of four kids. And it was just a nice way to grow up with. We had some sheep, a pony, chickens. And I just loved living in the country and have really fond memories of raising sheep and like bottle calves in the kitchen by the wood stove if they weren't doing well and things like that. So started on a hobby farm and always loved the country life and then went to college and got my degree as a registered nurse. And I was living in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, I was working at Mayo and just really missed the rural life. I guess I never really thought about marrying a farmer, but I knew that I didn't want to live in the city for the rest of my life. And so I ended up meeting my husband and was very excited to get back into the country life and then jumped into the role of the farm wife and and learned a lot in the last 10 years that I've been in this role. I can only imagine the difference between going from a hobby farm to a full-on grain farm. I'm sure that transition was similar in some ways, but different in a lot of ways for you. Right. I was glad that I had, like, just being out in the country and being a little bit more isolated, like I'd grown up that way and I enjoyed that. But the transition to grain farming and learning all of that was was a big change and a huge learning curve. And for me, I'm kind of a perfectionist and I like to know the steps and how is this going to go. And so just transitioning into a lifestyle where there's not a lot of routines and patterns and you just got to kind of learn as you go. Yeah, it was definitely a steep learning curve and there's still plenty I'm learning every day, but I'm getting there. You are speaking to the choir here. You and I are soul sisters in the perfectionism (laughs) and needing to know each step and why we do this and why can't we do it this way or (laughs) I thought we were supposed to do it this way and not that way. (laughs) Right, right. And there's times where you need just need to jump into something and, okay, we got to get through, we've got to figure this out. And I'm like, well, where's the manual? What happens if this happens? And, like, my husband has been patient in me learning all of these things, but he's also been willing to push me where I'd be like, oh, I can't, I just can't. He'd be like, no, you're fine. You can do this. And so that has been good because if I was just waiting to have it all figured out, I wouldn't have participated in anything (laughs) at this point. Absolutely. And I think that's a key piece of advice for anybody coming into agriculture or coming onto a farm setting or a ranch setting. Like you just have to try it and, you know, have patience in learning all of these new things. Because I know for me, not coming from an egg background, everything was brand new for me. So having the patience Mm -hmm. with myself and each other as a couple is super important. So there is marriage advice from Amanda Bolton here. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us more about your day-to-day and what your duties are on the farm. Sure. So my primarily like everyday role is more of the bookkeeping, managing bills, organizing that stuff. I also like to be organized. And so the bookkeeping role kind of fits well. I tell my husband, I remind him, you can be like, remember, super grateful for my organization. Sometimes it's annoying, but there's not often that he doesn't come to me and be like, oh, there's this receipt or this whatever. And I can usually come up with it in not too long. So I like the organization piece of that. And then my busiest time as far as the active farming is in the fall. I drive the grain cart. So those are where I put my longest hours actually in a tractor seat. But I really, I enjoy it. Of course, it gets tiring. But with 
four kids. You know, we had the four kids in five years. And so with all of that tight, busy life as a mom, I enjoy the solitude of the tractor at times. And I do occasionally bring a child with me, but my mother-in-law, her main role she has is watching kids so that I could be out child-free working. So yeah, so I drive grain cart in the fall. And then otherwise, it's just filling in whatever pops up in the summer, picking up hay bales when my the round bales that my husband has done, helping in the shop, running parts, just kind of that wherever needed role of the farm wife is where I, I jump in. So never know what I'm going to do. Always have to be up for anything, kind of. Absolutely. Somehow the term gopher got started being used online. So I feel like it's pretty typical for gophering of going for parts or going for whatever you need to pick up and running this out to the field and that out to the field. So <laughs> yep. farm wife gophering is what people have been referring to. <laughs> yeah, and that was character building for me, just the unpredictability of it. Like, to be flexible, and there's times where I'm more gracious than others, but, yeah, just having to kind of go with the flow which can be a little more challenging with kids, like say some are just getting ready for a nap or just getting ready for bedtime, but, oh, everybody get in the car. We got to go help move fields or, you know, that type of stuff. I cannot even imagine, Amanda. (laughs) Like we were talking about before we hit record, I'm like, I have zero kids. And the fact that you have four extra humans to keep alive, like you are superwoman. (laughs) It's draining. And my faith is very foundational in my life. And I know that I don't run on my own strength a lot of times. So, but it's, yeah, having four kids in five years and actually even a a miscarriage in there too, that was a very intense season of life. But I mean, very grateful for each of the kids that we have. And it's not always pretty and perfect, but, you know, overall, very thankful for what we've been blessed with with our kids. Absolutely. And I just think it's such a blessing for children to grow up in this lifestyle. I just hear and see the stories of these kids growing up and the experiences that they get to have versus a child that lives in an urban area. It is probably the best childhood you could have. Yes, and especially now with the staying home time and them not being in school, I'm so grateful to be on the farm and that they can just spend hours outside and have these adventures and have these experiences. It's been good. Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman podcast merchandise, shout outs on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. So we talked about your favorite job of being the grain cart driver and getting a little bit of solitude in that cab. What are some of your other favorite duties that you have on the farm? Let's see. Other favorites. I'd say I like the summer evenings going and picking up the bales. So here in Minnesota, a lot of the 
stuff that my husband cuts for hay is a lot of ditches and waterways. So we'll spend summer evenings just driving around and I drive the round bale dump trailer. And so just have a lot of memories of the truck being full of kids, beautiful evening, listening to the radio and just being able to do that. I'm trying to think other things that I love. I kind of consider one of my roles too, and we'll talk about it maybe a little bit later, but like photographing and documenting our life on the farm. That's, I consider it one of my roles of capturing these images to tell our story to others and then to just treasure these memories for years to come. And so that I work that interest into it as well. We had mentioned favorites, but some of my least favorites on the farm too are, so we have about 25 cows that we're raising and my husband is doing some more soil health practices. And so we're working them in with grazing and doing cover crops and things like that. And I did not grow up around cattle. We had some sheep, like I said, on our hobby farm, but I am so nervous around the cows and I just keep trying to get past it. But so my least favorite is having to sort cows, move cattle or load any cattle. It's just (laughs) anyone who's done that with their spouse knows that it's a stressful thing anyway. And then when it's like a fearful thing for me, it's never pretty. <laughs> for sure. Well, cows cows are big. Like it's not big, a surprise, yeah. but they are big animals. And for me, like to think of having all of these cows running at me or trying to get them to where they're supposed to go, like it is very stressful. I've been lucky right. enough to only have to deal with one or two cows, and they were much tinier. So <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah moving a whole herd and, again, working with your significant other and practicing patience and all of the things, like, yeah, I can see it being a stressful thing for you. (laughs) Right. And I know, like, most of the time, they're not, like, out to hurt me. You know, yeah, you protect with mom sometimes. Their situations could actually be harmed, but they're just big. And even if they're just running by me, not trying to hurt me, there's still damage that can be done. So, yeah, it's just intimidating. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So you are also a registered nurse and a EMT for your rural ambulance service. So tell us more about your career off of the farm and how that ties into your farm life and how you make that all work. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I've been a registered nurse for 14 years now. And I've always worked in some type of cardiac nursing, spent seven years, most recently, and I'm still employed at Mayo in Rochester, Minnesota, but I've worked on a heart surgery, heart lung transplant, step-down unit, and then more recently on a medical cardiac unit, a lot of heart failure patients. And I commuted, so it's 80 miles away, and I commuted for about two years after we were married, and then I slowly kind of phased out to where now I'm, it's called a supplemental position, so I don't carry a regular schedule. I can pick up shifts when they're short or pick up for people, but it works really well with farming and with being a mom of four young kids to still stay in that role as a nurse, but not have to manage a a regular schedule. So, and that's kind of one of the reasons I picked nursing, just along with my interest in that area, but I wanted a job that would be flexible for a family, and it has really worked well. In between picking up shifts, which can be fairly intermittent at Mayo, I am also a volunteer EMT. I've been doing that for five years, and it's with our little local ambulance service out of Keister, Minnesota. And it's funny, they did do a Preparation H commercial in the town of Keister a few years ago, Um, (laughs) kind of capitalizing on that interesting name. But yeah, so the Keister Ambulance has been around since I believe it was 1960. 
And about five years ago, they were getting really kind of critically short of volunteers to keep the service around. And knowing that we're about half an hour from the two hospitals on either the west and the east, and knowing that it's critical to have emergency medical services and to have an ambulance and people who are going to show up when that 911 call comes in. So yeah, I've been volunteering with them. And as being a registered nurse, I did not have to take the full course. In Minnesota, you can do like a RN challenge to where you take the refresher class and then pass the national registry exam. So that was helpful wanting to use my skill set and then was able to jump in a little bit more quickly to that role. That's great. So Amanda, why was it important for you to get involved and becoming a volunteer EMT with your rural ambulance service? The main thing I just thought about, I mean, selfishly, if my family, you know, my in-laws or my immediate family needed an ambulance, I wanted someone to be coming. And I knew that in many situations, time is just critical. And so if you're waiting for an ambulance from an adjacent community to be coming, that could be critical time lost. And so knowing that I had the training as a nurse and I have that interest to just serve my community in that way. And I know it's not for everyone, but I mean, because I've been a nurse for 14 years and there's time where the pager goes off and I still get nervous. And so I really appreciate people who don't have a medical background that step into the role and volunteer too, because they take me on a lot. But yeah, just knowing that you can make a difference by in just simple life and death situations at times and to be in my community and serve in that way. And also, I'm just glad to have that skill set for our own family. You know, farming is a very dangerous occupation. If my husband were to get caught up in equipment or something, to just know that I'd have some of those skills to help. Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners and myself included, if there was an emergency on your farm and you were in need of medical attention, what are some of the most helpful information bits that you could provide for the rural EMT service? I think one of the big things that jumps to mind is just location and knowing where you are and how to explain where you are. Because especially, you know, there's times where you're off on a farm site and you know what your family calls that farm or you know whatever it is, but to be able to describe where you're at. So location would be a main thing. And then as far as EMTs and first responders and such, the first thing that we always step in is the scene safe. And so letting the person responding know is there livestock hazard potential, is there equipment that needs to be shut off, those type of things. So making them aware of what they could be coming into as far as their own safety would be some of the main things. Absolutely. And I know I'm guilty for land location-wise, that kind of thing, for not knowing where I am. Like, I know that this is Marvin's field, or I know that this is Tim's field, or whatever it was called from the owner before, right? Like, it's not. So, obviously, having those land locations kind of mapped out is super important. And I know for us, what we've gone ahead and done is made a map and had the actual land location written over where Herman's field is and that kind of stuff. That's what we've done. What are the kinds of things that you guys have done on your farm to know where these locations are? I mean, it's the same thing. It's called this name because so-and-so owned it for this generation years ago. And it's so I try to associate 
like the road name a little bit to know like I'm on 50th Street or I'm on 620th Avenue just to kind of have a little bit of bearings on where I'm at. But that's something I can even do a better job at. And I know there's some location type services as far as the dispatchers can use, but I don't know how that all ties in. But yeah, that's even something that I could we could do better on our farm. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's that, but unless you need to use it, then it's not really on top of your mind, right, to do that. Exactly. So listeners and Amanda and I will now, when this podcast is over, make a map and put it in your phone and save it so we all know where we are if there is, unfortunately, ever an emergency that we need, an EMT. You guys, I have a confession. One of my most favorite ways to treat myself to some self-care is with a spray tan from Organic Tan Lethbridge. I always leave there with instant gratification and healthy glowing skin that always feels so hydrated and luminous. Now guys, I don't always get to go see my favorite ladies at Organic Tan Lethbridge for my custom spray tan experience. However, that doesn't mean I have to stop feeling like a bronzed goddess. Their at-home tan line, Color Me Dark, is amazing. This unique blend of organic and natural ingredients gives you the ability to give yourself the do-it-yourself glow that you desire. Formulated with natural ingredients, the Caramel Guide color gives an immediate glow and allows for perfectly even application. Color develops safely, gradually, and naturally. Color Me Dark can be used year-round, especially during the long, cold winter months when your skin needs a little bronze pick-me-up. But guys, we're not in that season right now. We're in farmer's tan season. And stop the presses. Their new Color Me Dark Express Tanning Mousse has helped me fix my farmer's tan. Seriously, this stuff is revolutionary. Check out the Color Me Dark line and all of the other amazing at-home products offered from Organic Tan Lethbridge at organictanlethbridge.ca slash shop. And use promo code RURALWOMAN15 to save 15% off of your order. That's Organic Tan Lethbridge, I'll spell it out for you, L-E-T-H-B-R-I-D-G-E dot C-A slash shop and use Rural Woman 15 to save 15% off your next order. And yes, my friends, south of the border, they can ship to you too. So... We mentioned this a little bit before, but you also do photography as well. So tell us more about your photography business and how that all got started and why you started it. Sure. Yeah, so as a young girl, I can remember just loving magazines like Country and Farm and Ranch. Like I would love when they would come and I would just look at all these pictures. And so it was even at a young age, my love for photography was tied in with this agriculture because a lot of those pictures in those magazines are to do with eggs. So I have always appreciated when a picture can evoke emotion and connection and it creates a feeling. And so in high school, my aunt passed down one of her old cameras to me and I just started taking pictures and it has just slowly built from there. I've been taking pictures last 15 plus years probably and just kind of learning as I have gone along. Not ever had any formal training, but like I said, I just love sharing our story through pictures. And I think it's one of the way that I advocate for agriculture, remind people that there are families, there's still family farms, and this is what it looks like. And to 
help people connect in that way in seeing the pictures that I share. So I take pictures of just the rural landscape. I take pictures of our family. I do sessions for seniors and families and little kids, and it also allows for a fair amount of flexibility. But I think like my dream role as a photographer would be to travel and tell the stories of these farming and ranching families across the country and to just, there's so much that can be told in just the everyday things that we do. A couple of my just really meaningful pictures, my husband is sixth generation and maybe three years ago or so, it had been several years since his grandpa had been out in the combine. And so they brought him out and they brought a portable staircase out and so that he could make his way up into the combine. And so I just went along and I was taking pictures of the process and then brought some of our kids out and took some pictures to have those multiple generations. But it was, those are just such treasured pictures now for our family. And actually the ones of my husband and his grandpa and his dad getting in the combine, they're going to be in farm ranch this summer, kind of telling a Father's Day story. But yeah, I just love the beauty of ordinary moments and being able to capture those in pictures. Absolutely. Amanda, you're making me misty over here. (laughs) To have those photos to move on to the next generation. You have the seventh generation of farmers watching a movie in the other room right now. Like those pictures really mean something to them and to telling the story of agriculture. And I really liked what you said about how your photography is really advocating for agriculture because you are showing the simple moments on a family farm and showing what we actually do because there are times in the media and on social media that people who are from outside of agriculture don't really have a clear picture of what happens on the farm and you're showing those simple moments by saying this is our everyday life and we have nothing to hide this is what we do so yeah I really I really liked what you said about advocating for agriculture in maybe not a conventional way. It's something that maybe we don't think of as advocating, but it totally is. Yep. I think sometimes you can wonder, well, do I need to do it this way? Or this is how this person speaks up for ag or this. But photography is a love and a passion that I have. And so instead of trying to do it in a different way, I'm doing it with what I'm skilled at and what I have a passion for. And then it comes across more authentically then too, because I'm doing what is meaningful for me and in our family, in our farm. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Amanda. This has been so good. My last question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a farm wife and living this farm life? I would say, and I'll probably echo a lot of other people that you've talked to, but just the raising a family in this lifestyle. And I feel very blessed to have been able to marry into this legacy of farming and to participate in it. You know, from early on, I kind of figured this is a really consuming lifestyle and I can either resent it and just how it pulls my husband in different directions, or I can jump in with both feet and get involved myself so that my love for it grows and I don't just resent it. And so doing that and then seeing our kids being raised in this life. And like you said, this is, if one of them, one of the four of them wants to join in, it's the seventh generation. And that's really neat to have that heritage. And so to see them run around outside and be riding along with my husband or I and grandpa and just seeing the legacy that has 
gone before and that is being developed now and going into the future and just being able to participate in that. It's really rewarding. Absolutely. So great. Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me this morning. You literally are one of the busiest people I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's very busy. It just, I'm, we're tired. (laughs) We're tired all the time, but it is. It's really unique way of life and I'm thankful that it is my life. Don't love it every day. Of course, there's hard days and there's hard seasons, but overall, yeah, very thankful for it. Absolutely. Wake up and it's a new day tomorrow if today wasn't good. (laughs) For my listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm at Lens of a Farm Wife, also Amanda Volson Photography. And they can kind of find me on there. I'm on Facebook as well under Amanda Bolson Photography. But yeah, you can join in and follow along the life that we live here in Southern Minnesota. Awesome. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman Podcast today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.